Roach, Roach Coach. Podcast. Hot all day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, with you for another episode of Roach Coach. This week, talking about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? There it is. Of course, Jenny is on a break right now, uh, but she said, get to those tweets, you guys. Get Get them tweets cooking. Get them cooking. Talk about what's going on. We're going to dive right into this. Matt, it's called Who's Back? Who's Back? So, Matt, we've we've got already this year, which is coming to a fast close, New Limp Bizkit, Mm -hmm. New Slipknot, Mm -hmm. and now New Corn. I cannot believe it. I people were sending us messages and they said, "I think new corn's coming." And I was like, "Are you serious?" Are well, you we serious? got that we got that message about like, "Hey, check out the Spotify list. Reorganize these letters. It spells Requiem. What is the name of the album? Requiem. The Roach Coach Detectives were on the case." I I couldn't believe it. It felt honestly, it felt like a little too much. It felt like too much work. Like really, we're putting codes in Spotify, but they were. And indeed, a new corn record called Requiem coming out in February 2022. First song is out. It's called Start the Healing. It's pretty good. I think the boys are back. Some people pointed out that Fieldy is not part of the promo. Fieldy is still on hiatus. But according to the two articles I read about this, one in Kerrang, one in GQ. That's right. Corn in GQ. Sorry, that's me hitting my... Oh, it's okay, stand. man. You're excited, and I get it. Is uh, that Fieldy did play on the record? Um, so it is still because Fieldy's not in that video. I there's like two seconds that they so show the bass player, and I slowed it down to 0.25 speed because I'll do that. I will fucking do that for the Roach Coach. Oh my. And I was like, uh, that is not Fieldy. <laughs> okay, and if All that right. is Fieldy. I think Fieldy made the right decision to take some time off because well. he has changed his whole body structure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so Fieldy on the record, not in the promo, not in the videos. Um, in the Kerrang! interview, which I highly recommend, um, uh, Monkey Head and uh, Jonathan do kind of go into a little bit of like, you know, how this is largely for fieldy's health that he is not in the band right now and jonathan davis even says he's like there have been things in the past for myself or other people where i'm like could i do more could i do more and i'm tired of thinking that and so it sounds to me like they were like fieldy we are not going to let you end up another holy shit rock and roll casualty so the guys looking out for each other it was very nice to hear Obviously, well, those guys are like as close to brothers as you can get well the other thing that was interesting was uh Talking about the making of this record, which I assumed because of pandemic and everything would have been another situation of everybody being separate because that's what happened with the nothing was that Jonathan recorded all of his vocals separately from the rest of the band. Uh, With this one, I guess it was let's get all back in the room together. Let's let's hash this out. Let's make this as a band. So I'm excited to hear what's going to happen. There is uh, some slight David shade in the Kerrang interview uh, where... Uh, Jonathan talks about how Ray 
the current drummer in Corn, is really good at taking direction and understanding what people want. <laughs> Unlike some <laughs> other people. <laughs> so interesting, interesting little bit of shade there. So Corn is back. This record also got to point this out. Nine tracks, thirty-three minutes. Now I do have a nine tracks, thirty-three minutes. Mm-hmm. Whoa, a cooker, a cooker. That thing whips it up fast. Absolutely. Now I got a question for you coming yeah. out of this. That David Shade is legendary, but it always brings up the question, and I don't know where you stand on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether or not you think it's bullshit or you think it's fine and you just don't care or even think about it. But there is a possibility one of these days that Corn's going to get fucking inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And when that happens, in general, they have to make a decision of which band members get put in. And if those band members play with the band. Now, famously, all of our journey heads out there know <laughs> that... um the ex-lead singer of Journey, whose name completely left my head. Steve Perry. Thank you. Steve Perry. <laughs> Steve Perry uh, did not sing with them when they did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance. But he was there and he did get inducted. Do we think that we're going to have a similar thing with David? I, well... Knowing and when Toomey I know, talked to him, I think even Toomey asked him about it, and they didn't know. But I never, I don't think I ever got your take on it. What well, would you like to see, Lauren? Well, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If I'm going to be completely honest about it, I do not care about. Um, okay. Uh, on a level of like things that I will investigate and say, like, oh, I don't care about that, but I'll still like sneak a peek. Like the Grammys, they're terrible. I hate them. But am I still going to skim the nomination list? Absolutely. Um, might even watch the performances. You never know. But with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it is very hard to give a shit. I, I really feel like it does not matter at all. And so if Korn were to be inducted, it really feels like they would have to have David there. He's on the seminal records that made them. But also I feel like with everything that's gone on with the band and everything and why they are still enduring to this day you'd have to induct ray too right um now whether or not they let david play with them i say they don't i say that he's there he gets inducted they got some awkward stage time but if corn plays they're not going to play with david there's no way there's just no way it's the bad the it's i don't even think it's necessarily like the baddest of blood but i just think like there's just no way there's just no way it happens so that's my take now, if they're able to let bygones be bygones and let David ride that symbol one more time. I mean, here's the thing. If they did get David to come back and do like an entire, like do like a song with the original lineup and people lose their minds. And I would certainly watch that. Um, but I will I mean, say like yeah. of all of them, I've watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and last year because of the pandemic. They did it much more in a style that I feel like they should have kept to, where they just put together the packages for the band and then had the band come on and say thanks instead of like this whole gala where it's just like, 
Oh, what's Meatloaf's reaction to Run DMC getting it? You know, it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Whereas, like, I just kind of want to see those classic clips, those classic explanations, the classic stuff packaged together really nice. And then the modern band, because Depeche Mode got accepted, he got nominated or inducted last year. And they did a really cool package. And it was just like 10 to 15 minutes. And that's all you needed. And I was like, perfect. And there was no performances. There was no anything. It was just them getting inducted. And that was it. Hmm. I mean, would I love to see uh, a smattering of talking heads all talk about the importance of Twist? Absolutely. 100%. Make that True. happen for me. Make that happen. Make David Byrne talk about how important <laughs> Shoots and Ladders is to him. The first time I heard Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Also have to make sure that I recognize uh, Twitter handle at Digital Bath for being the sleuth on the corn case. Well done. Good sleuthing. You know, we love a list on this show. Love that list. Love a list. So, of course, we got to talk about who's listing. We got sent this, and I apologize. I do not have who initially sent us this list. But it is over on loudwire.com, which is... If you are a listener of this show, you just got to have Loudwire in your favorites. You got to have it bookmarked because they are dropping articles every day and lists that are relevant to our interests. So they decided to do a big four of 17 metal subgenres. And we've talked about a big four before on this show. Oh, yes. Metal. Oh, yeah. So Loudwire went in and they made big fours of 17 metal subgenres. And, you know, some of these we don't give a shit about. Some of them very important to us. Just to run down a couple. So they did a death metal one. And the big four of death metal they said is Death, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, and The Black Dahlia Murder. I don't know enough to know if this is good or bad. I don't Me neither. Know. Yes. I feel uh, like I would be insulting anybody by even putting my two cents in. Exactly. I don't know. So I either either that's great and they nailed it or it's an offense. How the to, fuck could they? They blew it. Don't know. All right. But they did do one for new metal. The Loudwire pick of the big four new metal is Corn, Linkin Corn's Park. Corn's the must. Yeah. Corn's the must. God have it. Linkin Park, System of a Down. Limp Biscuit. Now, I think Corn and Limp Biscuit are on everybody's list. I don't know too many people who wouldn't put them up there on the big four. Mm-hmm. It's always the other two that get put into contention because it's for some Deftones has to be there, for some Slipknot has to be there. Mm-hmm. They put Slipknot under new wave of American heavy metal. Is there a big four new wave of American heavy metal Slipknot was there? So I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Their choice. Their list. Their, their list. list. You know, I'm fine with this setup. This honestly makes the most sense to me if we're talking influence and sales. Mm. I mean, it just makes the most sense. I mean, clearly, Deftones cannot equal the sales of any of these bands. And I think that's might ultimately be... What we're looking at, especially when it comes to new metal, is ultimately like cultural influence. Give me those numbers. The numbers, baby. The numbers. I mean, that's the other thing. As you look at this, corn, 
They got a couple number one records. Lake of Park. Oh, yes. They got a bunch of number one records. System of a Down. They got some number one records. Limp Biscuit. They got some number one records. Deftones. You can't say that. You can't if you if you're just thinking at the old Billboard, then that's where it's going to come in. I'm sure people are curious. A couple other uh, top big fours that do goth metal. Typo Negative. Him. Cradle of Filth. And Lacuna Coil. I mean, always happy to see Typo Negative anywhere. And then after that, it gets into just a lot of bands that I've never heard of. Uh, Doom Metal, Deathcore. I, I don't know who these people are. Um, so, uh, oh, they do a Gent. The, the, the big four of Gent is Meshuggah, Periphery, Animals as Leaders. Never heard of these guys. And Tesseract. Which, uh, is Tesseract, isn't that a thing from like Avengers? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, good for them. All right. Well, thank you, Loudwire. Thank you for making this list. Um, for putting in the work. I don't pretty, have any big pretty complaints. uh pretty effortless uh industrial rock and metal. Nine inch nails, Rammstein, Ministry, and Fear Factory. They're like done. They the went first four early. I can think of are the big four. <laughs> they went over early on that one. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, which one do I have to do? Uh, fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, ministry. Uh, can I? Uh, ministry, Nine Inch Nails, uh, uh, Rammstein, uh, 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 Fear Factory. Yeah, they were industrial enough. No KMFDM? Come on. No skin. But I puppy? think Fear Factory writes better songs. But mm. Well, Matt. Uh, I know, I know, I fucking opened it up. I've opened myself up to a problem. Oh, you might have. Um, You can at Matt Nas on Twitter for that's true. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, Matt, we got to talk about who's repping the roach. Who's repping that roach? Kenny Pete sent us a pic. He's rocking his new metal is back tea. Sent us a message. Got three to four daps last night at a disco biscuit show. Who? What? For the New Metal is Back shirt in the balcony of the Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New Jersey. The force is strong with this one. Keep on rolling, baby. Keep on rolling, baby. Kenny, I love this picture so much. This picture is amazing. He's it rules. Metal fingers. We see the band rocking out. I had to look up who Disco Biscuits were. They are apparently an electronic jam band. There it is. What a show that must have been. Glad to hear the new metal was back and people were feeling it at the Disco Biscuit show. Thank you so much. We got a tweet from Monkey Puzzle. Monkey Puzzle is a Glasgow-based four-piece rap metal band who have neck-stapping beats, foul-mouth lyrics, and a big fuck you to everyone who stands in their way. This is new metal AF already. Already. They said everyone aspire, every aspiring new metal band's goal should be to have their releases shredded by Roach Coach. Awesome show, guys. Mad love from Glasgow. I mean... Uh, you know, we're not looking to shred. I just want to get that out there. We're not looking to shred everybody. But sometimes, you're going to get shredded. It's nature of the beast. It's nature of the beast. And we want to hear about everything. You know, we always tell everybody, send us your recs. Send us these records. We want to hear them all. And uh, Monkey Puzzle, we're definitely going to have to check you out. I we mean, will check you out. We will check you out. I mean, neck snapping beats. I'm interested. Foul right. mouth lyrics. Love it. And then Love a big that. fuck you to everyone who stands in their way. These are all the things we want, Matt. Dare so here's my cue. Yes. 
this band reached out to us directly. Uh-huh. I feel like we've got to get Jenny involved on the first here. Okay. So what because we'll it, do is, yeah. Yeah, it feels like we need to do it in the future so we mm-hmm. can play the clip and all react to it together. Yes. And then cut it into the episode. Because if it's, it's rare that the band literally reaches out to us. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll check out some monkey puzzle. We'll make sure that all of us get a listen, and uh, and we will check them out very soon. Um, and then Matt, this was the most amazing thing that we got. We got a message from the band Fake Shark, and they wanted to let us know that in their music video for their new single "Feel That Way" featuring Madison Olds from their new album, "Time for the Future." Their bassist is rocking. A new metal is back. T. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, how does it feel to be immortalized forever in a music video? It feels really fucking great. What a journey we are on. Truly, a journey that we continue to be on every day. This was amazing to see in the inbox. Couldn't believe it. Fake Shark is, I guess we would say, like a synth pop band from Canada. Um, the record, Time for the Future, very good, very fun. Decidedly not new metal, but doesn't matter if you're rocking that tea, baby. Definitely check them out. It's a very good record, respectful of your time, and uh, lots of fun bops. It reminded me a little bit of early Neon Indian if you're familiar with them at all. Oh. So that was oh. the vibe I got a little bit. Definitely enjoyed that. It was great to see our, our, our shirt in the video. So thank you very much. I felt like I was like, oh my gosh. It felt like it was me in the video, even though it was just a shirt. Love it. Matt, we got to talk about who's recommending. Who is recommending? Um, we got a recommendation from Undead08 on Twitter. And they said, hey, Roach Coach, I got an album suggestion for the New Metal Podcast. Swan Songs by Hollywood Undead. Huh. Now, I know Hollywood Undead for sure. For I've sure. I've heard them. I've heard of them. And then I went back to the long list, and I checked it out just to see. And indeed, this album has been recommended to us. So this is, I would say, in my memory, the second big push for Hollywood Undead on the show. I have certainly played songs from this album for us to okay. check out, okay. which is how I think it got on the list. Okay. And this is some new new, right? These guys are fairly uh, fairly recent. This is a band. 2008 album. 2008. Oh, okay. Maybe not as new as I thought. All right. Well, okay. it was probably recommended 5 years ago to us. Oh. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. Um all right. Well, you know what? Undead 08 I mean, I'm I, I don't know if there's any relation to the Hollywood Undead with your screen name, but uh, we hear your push, and we're certainly always down to check out that new new. So I appreciate it, Matt. We got an email from Derek. Yep, we got a message from Derek. Email subject: the newest new in a while. I think Jenny would e- read that email. Absolutely. Says hi, Roach Coach. I just came across a band called From Ashes to New. Okay, we've heard this band name before. We have, we have. Uh, specifically the song Panic and Holy Shit Balds, this is new AF. Apparently these guys have been around since 2013 with multiple lineup changes. Not a shock. Roach Riders and Indigo Angels will appreciate the wiki page as it features a band lineup chart so fans can keep track of lineup changes over the years. Spoiler alert, there are a lot of lineup changes, which is also 
new AF. Anyway, the genre tags are new metal, rap metal, rock, rap, and alternative metal, rap, rock. They have the polished sounds of Linkin Park, Bring Me the Horizon, and Hollywood Undead. Another push for that Hollywood Undead. There it is. With some pretty decent screams. Enjoy the song and keep on rolling, baby. You want to? Do you want to hear some from Ashes to New? I, I want to hear this panic. I want to hear, and you know, apparently a rotating lineup of people. You always, you, whatever it takes to keep that new flowing. You know, if you got to bring in a new bassist, you got to bring in new guitarist. You got to just, you know, what? Take the car in and say, listen, keep the frame the same, but change the guts. Just keep that new flowing. That's what it's gonna take. Here it is from Ashes to New, Panic. Ashes to new. I see you boys. All right. I mean, I gotta say they um Lincoln Park bring me the horizon, Hollywood Undead. I mean, yeah. And I would say those screams, decent. Decent screams. Decent screams. All right. Well, from Ashes to New, let, let me look at the long list again, once again. Were these guys are these guys on the long list? Let me see. They are not. So I guess what what album is this from, Matt? This is from the album Panic. Oh, there we go. Title track. Okay. Then let me uh, let me throw from Ashes to New on the old long list and uh, and we'll go from there as we say. <laughs> we'll go from there. <laughs> yes, we'll go from there. You know what? It's always fun when we get some reviews, Matt. It sure is. And uh in the segment we called Who's Reviewing Us? Who's Reviewing Us? So we got a review from Richie Rich, AZ77. They said, love it. Five stars. This love is that. my new favorite show. Jenny, Lauren, and Matt are hilarious guides to the world of new metal. I'm around the same age as the host and have similarly regrettable tastes in music. So episodes are like hanging out with friends. Great show. Can't recommend it enough. Thank you. Thank you, Richie Rich, AZ. 77. Well, I have a review here from Pooh Bear 223. Yes. And it says, good stuff. Five-star review. Appreciate that. If you were into new metal and want to learn more while having a few laughs, check this out. It's a fun and interesting reflection on the genre and covers many relevant albums, personalities, and other cultural phenomenon from that era. I think Jennifer's female's perspective is very interesting and valuable. 
However, I encourage her to be more honest about her thoughts and not worry about going against the tide when giving her opinion. If you don't like something, please don't hold back and tell us why. It's all good, and you are observant as well as hilarious. Overall production value on this podcast is excellent. Pooh Bear 223. Thank you. Thank you, Pooh Bear. Um, I feel like Jenny has always been pretty open about how she feels. If you want her to be more open, well, buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, if, if people think she's holding back, oh boy, oh boy. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Pooh Bear, uh, for that. Love the five stars. Keep on posting those reviews when we get to 300. 300 reviews on iTunes, um, which is, Matt, I feel like I'm pushing this out of my brain because I don't want to do It's the Bloodhound three pound pound. That's it. The Bloodhound three pound pound. When we get to 300 reviews on iTunes, we will be doing an episode all about the Bloodhound Gang's Hooray for Boobies album. <laughs> we have promised our Patreon uh, members that we will live stream and or have some way for you to see Lauren's first reactions to listening to this album. It's true. We're going to set something up so you can watch me listen to this album for the first time. An album I've never listened to and I'm not looking forward to. But I love our listeners and I love to do this show. And so... This is what happens sometimes, is you got to do this stuff. But we got to get those 300 reviews on iTunes, so keep on posting those reviews, and then watch me suffer. Um, this is a new segment, Matt. It's called Who's yes. Rising with the Lichens? Who's Rising with the Lichens? <laughs> uh, and over on Twitter, uh, that fucking guy tweeted at us. He said, Splash art for a sweet underworld Rise of the Lichens tattoo, Roach Coach. You should all get one on your chests. Hashtag underworld. Hashtag werewolf. Hashtag their wolf. Hashtag lowbar art. Hashtag flash tattoo. And um, indeed, it is a drawing. Uh, it says underworld Rise of the Lichens. It has, I assume that to be... Um, Kate Beckinsale's main character standing in the center of the picture, two wolves to either side of her, and then underneath it it says, the one where they rise. Um, and um, this is an incredible work. Um, on my chest is a big ask. Um, I love on her corset is a roach coach tattoo. I did, uh, I, yeah, I didn't catch that the first time. I didn't notice that until I was putting the notes together for this. I was like, oh, my, my gosh. God. This, is, God uh, I del- this is so fucking funny. This is uh, amazing work. Um, I don't know. I, I cannot commit to anyone getting this on their chest, but I do enjoy this very much. Um, it makes me feel like I do need to watch this underworld just to be fully brought in. Um, I've only seen the first one. I did not enjoy it. Um, so, uh, you know. Maybe I just got it. Is this the third one, Matt? Oh, buddy, I don't, I don't know. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I've seen them all, but I could not tell you the chronologicals of. Uh, oh, okay, all of right. The underworld films. All right, Matt, are you considering getting this tattooed across your chest? You know, I uh, have to apologize. I am not going to get uh, okay. this across my chest. All right, okay. Well, think about maybe another part of your body. Talk about it with Catherine. No, okay. uh, now it would be we, it would yeah. be the third in the series. It's Underworld, Underworld Evolution, Underworld Rise of the Lichens, Underworld Awakening, Underworld Blood Wars, and then Future. 
Who knows? Wow. That's more Underworlds than I knew there were. How about that? Um, okay. Switching gears. You know what? This is a new segment. And, um, but it's one that I feel like we probably are going to have to do more often in the future, Matt. It's called Who's New This Week? Who's New This Week? As we have found that as New Metal returns, as some say New Metal is back. New Metal is back. People are starting to throw the New Metal tag a little willy-nilly. They're starting to throw it on some bands that I question it, and I often might think that the, the band may question it. But people see that New Metal tag, and then they immediately race to us and say, I guess it's time to do this band on the show. They've got a New Metal tag now. For some reason. Nothing's changed with their music. Just suddenly, someone said, hey, maybe these guys are new after all. This week, we have, um, basically, we rele- we we received uh, a DM from Ben Rice at the Bartolini Podcast. And it was about a new Stabbing Westward album. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm interested. Love me a little stab. Love those boys. And he said, notice there is a new metal tag. And I was like, what? That seems incorrect to me. And before I could even really think about it, listen to a track, Ben rolled back into the DMs and he said, let me make my case. And I'm just going to read verbatim what he said. Mm-hmm. Matt, you can... I want you to let these words wash over your body. All right. Let's see how I feel. Let me tell you why Stabbing Westward's Darkest Days is new metal. I won't argue their other albums would have a much larger industrial sound. Sure, Darkest Days has your beeps and boops because Stabbing Westward is going to stab westward. But this album is much <laughs> more focused on heavy guitars with layers of swirling atmosphere-building guitars, a tactic a lot of, of late 90s new metalers dabbled in, Plus, it's got those tribal drum fills a la Soulfly and System of a Down that were super hot in the new era. And Christopher Hall's anguish screams are canon-worthy by themselves. Go listen to Drugstore again and tell me that our boy Christopher isn't putting his fingers to his temples constantly live and in whatever music video you can imagine because he's so deep. Plus, it's a super depressed, angsty, sad boy record that insinuates a deep hatred for women like all of Jenny's favorites. Do it. Wow. This is a a compelling argument to be made. Now, you said you listened to a track. Well, I went back and I listened to a couple tracks off of that. And I... Uh, Do you have a rebuttal or are you swayed? Honestly... I don't really hear it. It just sounds to me, it sounds very much like the previous record. Um, It feels very sub Nine Inch Nails, you know, post Nine Inch Nails. I mean, I just don't hear the chug. Um, The anguish feels much more gothy and industrial than it does new. Um. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really hear it. Do I love Stabbing Westward? Am I hyped for his new record? Absolutely, but it just didn't. I just don't hear it. I don't hear it. I mean, maybe if there's someone else who wants to follow up on this very well stated um, treatise, um, you know, 
send it our way. But right now, I'm still not swayed. I'm still not swayed. Um, but uh, certainly let us know if you feel that they could be. And certainly if you know about a band who has previously not been new that is suddenly becoming new metal, let us know so we can feature them in our segment, Who's New This Week? Who's New This Week? Now, a band that um, I think we've all learned over time is probably not that new at all, and we probably should stop doing them on the show, <laughs> is Evanescence. And uh, we did an episode all about their album, The Open Door. Now, my, buddy, back. before we get into that feedback, yeah, we do have one more segment. Oh, we do? Do you hear the dogs outside baying at the moon? Woof, woof. It's time for Old Dog's New Tricks. Oh my gosh, how did I miss this? Old Dog's New Tricks! Oh, or, as, as Josh Toomey pointed out, it should have been called Old Dog's New Tracks. Uh, how did we miss that? How did we miss it? I don't know. Hey, we, we were did. workshopping, and we were very proud of ourselves to land where we landed. You know what? We, we did what we had to do. You're right, Matt. I totally skipped over this. It is, in time. It is indeed time for Old Dog's New Tricks. And uh, this is a list sent to us by Garrett Davies, top 10 new metal underdogs. Um, these are all new metal bands that, for whatever reason, do not have very high listen counts on Spotify. And we are attempting to get those numbers up this we week. Gotta Matt, pump them numbs. Yeah, we gotta pump them numbs. This week, we are talking <laughs> about the band Media Lab. The song is called Perfect Storm. It came out in 2006, and according to these notes, they only have 29,661 listens on Spotify. Well, they're about to have to be turning it down and then they started doing this okay all right now i can't play the whole song but okay. like i'm fucking intrigued now Holy i'm shit. intrigued i was a little like huh okay and then my man started going buck wild and i said oh, okay now we're now we're cooking now we're cooking with gas 
Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That, you know what? I think that might be part of the problem, though. Maybe that's why the listens are so low. You know, people put this on, they're like, where's this at? And they, they're burying the treasure, Matt. Bury, don't bury the treasure. Get people, they need to know. They need to know that they're not just going to be going through layers of clay. They want to be hitting the top of that treasure chest, baby. That's right. Because once I, we got there, I got an ant. I'm oh. sitting here excited. Yes. So, all right. Want to hear from, more from Media Lab? That might be the other thing. Media Lab? Not the greatest name not the greatest name definitely sounds like software that was installed on your school's computer definitely feels not um doesn't sound like it's a uh, very google search friendly I no like typing in media lab uh, i'm gonna find out you know my local library's office hours before i'm gonna find your hot new metal just feels like uh that's how that's gonna go um, yeah, at the local library, the media lab closes before the library does. That's another thing to keep in mind. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you want to get in there, get that, get access to that printer, you got to get there before yeah. 7, probably, 7 o'clock. I'm trying to think back to my media lab days over at the old college college library back when you used to have to, you had to, I think we had to fill, we had to have some sort of like card that you filled to pay for copies. Oh, oh man. Ugh. What a pain. What a pain. Huge pain in the ass. Huge pain. Um, well, thank you so much, Gareth, for that one. Another old dog, new trick. Old dog, new tricks. All right. And now it's time to talk about feedback from our episode all about Evanescence, the open door. Now, I feel like we did this like eight years ago, so Correct. I barely remember us Correct, doing Matt. This. We did it a long time ago. Long, long time ago, we were just young pups. Um, Chris Vasconcello says, currently listening, but I need to get this off my chest. Here we go. Here we I go. A, I was in a band that couldn't land a lead vocalist to save our life. And when, uh, when we tried out singers, the go-to song every single time was Lithium. We were not at all an Evanescence-leading band. In fact, we wanted to sound like early A Perfect Circle and Deftones to be heavy and atmospheric, but it became an ongoing joke where we bet if Lithium was going to be a tryout song. In 2015, I heard Lithium at least 12 times from 12 different singers. Imagine for a moment me forgetting that Lithium is on this album, getting excited to hear this episode, and being greeted by this curse of a song. Whoa. Wow. That is wild. That is wild that every single singer was like, I know what's I know what's gonna hit. I know it's the hot stuff. It's lithium. Thank you, Chris, for that incredible anecdote. Mike Palladino comes in with not a fan of this band. Cannot wait to listen to a hundred minutes about this band. <laughs> That's the Roach Coach promise. It's the promise. You're gonna see a band, you're gonna go, oh, I don't know if I like these guys. Oh, 128 minutes? You betcha. Brianna Wolf said, my reaction to seeing that this was this week's album went from surprise, didn't think y'all would revisit Evanescence, to being sad because I knew you wouldn't like it. Snow White Queen is for someone, and that someone is absolutely me. Respect, respect. Respect, respect. Uh, Daniel Hedger comes in with, love this episode, love mispronouncing Mozart, love Lauren's aggressive movie reviews, love Jenny's Renfair history, love remembering that call me when you're sober totally rules, I had completely forgotten. Daniel, you're welcome. 
Timothy John Henderson says, I would love more Bjork talk. Man, that was exciting to hear. I'm not going to lie. I literally gasped at Lauren dropping his hot take about post medulla. Lauren, you need to go deeper. Okay. Getting hot, hot Bjork talk? Let's let's get a little deeper on Bjork. First, Matt, where, where do you stand on Bjork? I'm pro Bjork pre medulla. I'm I am I am a I am a post. I am a um I'm, I love post. I'm trying to remember album names, which is Vespertine. now the death of me. Ves- I love Vespertine. Homogenic. Love homogenic. Yeah, those those albums were very uh important to me. I haven't here's the thing though. I haven't revisited them in probably 10 years. Uh, because there was a time there that like revisiting those albums I was like, "No, I'm good." Like I got the juice I needed from them and then I didn't want to go back for any more juice. I get that. Um for me and Bjork, it was basically, you know, getting really into her in college post homogenic vespertine to kind of a lesser extent medulla big fan and then i think it was like a three-year drop off where she didn't do anything and she put out volta i went to see the volta tour mia opened for her it was at the fox it's very weird because you can't really get wild while sitting in seats at the fox no and um you know, Volta just felt like kind of like a couple cool songs and a lot of whatever songs. And then since then, it seems like just a, a further descent into uh, just a lot of like noises, not really any intent on melody. And these things just often just hit me like a brick, you know. And uh, it seems like that's just been the status of every single one since. I'll give it like one listen. And I'll be like, yep, that's about what I expected. But it seems like she is she is so far into the avant-garde at this point. Yeah. She's not even really thinking about songs the way, sadly, my pop-leaning head's going to go, you know? Yeah, like, I, I will tell you the truth. I have not listened to a single song off of Volta or Biophilia or Volnacura or Utopia. <laughs> like, I've not heard any of this. I'm pretty sure, and I want to I want to be a hundred percent transparent on this one, Matt. So I'm going to look it up right now just to make sure my dates are accurate, and they are. Volnacara, which is I believe this was her divorce record. This record, when it came out, I was like, it was getting really good reviews, and I'm like, I'm going to give this motherfucker a try. And I was also. I'm pretty sure um, when that record came out, I was very deep into doing improv at the theater, go comedy in Detroit, Michigan, Vernon, Michigan. And, um, but also at the same time this was going on, Matt, you were doing a show called the Matt Nas Variety Hour. Yeah, yeah, it was. A very hot show. Hot show. Hot show. Probably the hottest thing I ever did. It was very hot. And people were always like, have you seen the show? And I had not been able to make it over to the show for a variety of reasons, scheduling-wise and otherwise. And I believe that I was set to do, I think you were, you were, you were the opening set of the night, and then they were going to do a showdown in the, after, in the evening after your show. And yes. I was in that showdown. And I said, this will be perfect. I'm going to go. I'll get to see the Matt Nas Variety Hour. I'll get to see what this guy's all about. 
And because I don't think I really knew you knew you at that point. And 2016. 2015. 2015. 2015. Yeah. And I put on Vol Nakura, whatever you want to call this record, (laughs) and was getting ready. And I had some sort of issue with my show clothes that I was trying to get ready. And then I was just listening to this record going, what the fuck is this? And the next thing I knew, Matt, I completely missed your show. <laughs> <laughs> That's like perfect. Yep. And I was like, I looked at the clock and I was like, oh no. Like I realized like if I left at that moment, I would get there literally right as you went. Good night, everybody. And I was like, son of a bitch. Totally missed it because I was listening to this record, trying to wrap my head around it, but also dealing with some sort of wardrobe issue. Completely missed your show. Hey, happens. And that and that was the only time I've ever listened to this record. <laughs> so uh, that's my history with that. That's my Bjork talk. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I, I feel like she should continue to follow her muse and not even worry about me. Yep. I mean, listen, she's got, what, five classics in my opinion i mean yeah i mean debut post homogenic vespertine medulla some any band would kill for that any artist yeah. would kill for that run the matt most stuff on vespertine is probably the stuff i go back to the most because i i love the the soundscape on vespertine i think is probably her most orally bizarre well, Matt Mose made that whole album out of like operating sounds. Right. You know, so it was like in medical procedures. So to kind of have like playing cards uh, being like a focal instrument, it's just interesting. I like Absolutely. this a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's always, I mean, I know she's been working with Arca for a while. That person's a nut. I mean, just sonically, always doing crazy things. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, Bjork is definitely following her muse. I mean, I remember reading an article in Rolling Stone about the fact that on one of her records, the producers were using the glitching sound of a skipping CD to create the sounds. And they were like speculating, is everyone else going to be using the glitching sound of a skipping CD on other stuff? And I remember thinking, I hope not. <laughs> but, and then there's a whole basic genre of music that is yeah. all that. Basically, basically. Um, so... Timothy, there you go. A little bit more. More Bjork, Bjork talk. talk. All right. Up next, uh, Lars Mjartensen. Uh Boy, I really went for it. Uh, did oh, it. and since y'all went back to a band you hadn't done in four years, perhaps another 311 ep is on the way? Sound System has listed his new metal on Wikipedia, and you know Wiki doesn't lie. <laughs> Lars! Lars. Come on, man. Come on, buddy. Dude. No. <laughs> there's just no there's no reason to do that. There's no reason for us to do that. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody truly wants that. We're not we're just not gonna do it. This is not gonna happen. Take us uh, on, Lauren. Marco Reversi said forty below summer second album is waiting for you. It sure is, Marco. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Um and that is the feedback for that episode. Thank you so much, everybody. Keep on sending your feedback, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, we do have a Patreon. Uh, I'm sorry. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast. And we always want to give a shout out to our new patrons. This week, Matt, we've got two new patrons. Who do we got? We got Tom Walls. Thank, Thank 
Brendan Cleary. Thank you. I like that the thank you is now like a Gregorian chant. Oh yeah, it's the the, the thank you is always morphing. It's always changing. But it's oh man, always... can we talk about those chant CDs from the nineties for a second? Such a surreal time. I used to watch. Um, I used to watch E News back when it was actually entertainment news in the early early nineties. And they used to talk about movies that were coming out, and they'd also talk. They'd have a whole music section, and they would have a part where they would have a a music celebrity read the top five, top ten albums on Billboard that week. And it was week after week. It was surreal to see. Chat. It would be yeah. It would literally be like Pink Floyd, The Division, Bell, Pantera, Far Beyond Driven, Gregorian Chants. It was like, what is this country right now? Who are we as a people? <laughs> and we never stop asking that question. We never stop asking that question. Totally surreal, totally weird and bananas. But yeah, people love that. Well, pure moods. People pure pure moods. moods. People love pure uh, moods. Because I, I'm too cheap to buy a uh, sadness one. God, who was that? Uh, Enigma. Enigma. I'm too cheap to buy an Enigma re- record. So I had to buy pure moods. You know, my dad. Oh, I need it. Orinoco flow real bad right now. <laughs> you need it. Well, that's the thing. It's funny is that my dad had, my dad had the, uh, the Enya records. My dad had the Enigma records. Uh, my dad was a big Enigma head for a while. That is just, I don't know what it is. It fit into this sort of, uh, I don't know what it is about the, the new age sound that really clicked with this whole boomer era. But let me tell you. They were there for it. I remember my dad. My dad would wash his car on Saturdays, and he'd put, like, a boombox outside. And a lot of the times, he'd just have it tuned to, like, the oldie station. So Beach Boys, Beatles, Rolling Stones, that whole deal. But every now and again, he'd slap a CD in there. My dad be out there on the driveway washing his car to goddamn Enigma. And it was weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It was a different time. It was a different time. It could happen again, though. It could happen again. And uh, that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, Matt, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Jenny, thank Thank you. you. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.